It's the final week of the 2021 season of the Bears off to Minnesota on Sunday. We'll talk about it coming up here on Bears All Access. It's brought to you by IGS Energy here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak. Special thanks to our producers all season long, Dan Barilli, Jordan Treadup, Katie Tuber, and the great producers here at the score. Good evening, Tom. How you doing? I'm doing good, Jeff. I'm kind of sad to say it's the last week of the season. But as a player, it's quite an accomplishment when you can get through the regular season you can improve along the way. You can finish the season healthy, and now you can get ready to embark on a, a, a tiring offseason. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll be joined by Bears running back David Montgomery and one of the longest-tenured sideline reporters in the NFL, Greg Coleman, a former punter and all-around good guy. The Minnesota Vikings Radio Network retiring after a long career in football, also one of the Vikings greats on their 25th and 40th anniversary teams. We'll talk Vikings and his career. Uh, so the news of the day, Justin Fields looking forward to returning after missing two games with an ankle injury, and here he pops up on the COVID list, so not likely to play on Sunday. Uh, super unfortunate. I was so disappointed when I heard that because this is one of the things that I was focusing on the last week of the season. I wanted to see what type of game plan they could formulate for Justin Fields in this type of environment how he looked employing it, and then where do you go from the very first day of the offseason till the beginning of OTAs? And with that said, earlier today, uh, Bill Lazor, as you analyze the rookie year, and what's the takeaway for the young man? That I, I want him to come out of this with confidence. I, wa I want him to realize that you know we were behind against the Steelers in the fourth quarter, and he was able to take the offense down and score. We were behind uh, against the Ravens and he was able to go down and score that he, he was on the big stage of Monday night football of, of whatever situation we were in and was able to perform. And so I know it sounds silly because he's done it right for his whole life, but still we're all human. You get to this point and now, okay, here, this is my rookie year. Well, I, I want him to walk, to step away and say, yes, you know, just, just, just like they were telling me, I can do this, and th this is going to be a great story. You know, you use that confidence to kind of propel him into how it, the future goes. He is a confident guy to begin with. What would your takeaway be, and what did you think about Bills? Uh, you know, listen, I'm all about developing the self-confidence of every single one of these young players that need to develop self-confidence to really ultimately be as confident as they can be. But in Justin's case, it's a going to be about how does he assist the Chicago Bears in victories and that's one of the defining lines for any quarterback in the NFL when you look at the first staff they put up after they've had a decade-long career is how many touchdowns have you thrown how many games have you won so I think every one of these experiences that Justin has had throughout his rookie season how is that going to compute and carry over to victories where you win the division and get your team to the playoffs. One thing Laser discussed was just the type of guy Fields is, how he's the same all the time. We've heard about it. Nothing rattles him, it appears, and he is the same guy no matter what. He thinks that's a positive moving forward. Think of the people who, who are themselves and are sincere and authentic, and think of the people who uh, put on airs when they're around the boss or, or act differently to try to fit in with different groups. I think people see through see through that over time. And I think in the end, this guy's going to be in stressful, tough situations. And uh, if 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 you're not being yourself, you know, you're putting up some some false 
persona, it's going to crack and then people will know that you weren't just being authentic. So I, I think it's, I think it's helpful in that when, when you're in such tight quarters and so often in stressful situations with your teammates and coaches that um, they can trust who you are. And, and I think he's earned that. As a guy who's been in many, many, many locker rooms over the course of a long football life, uh, would you concur with that assessment? That whole process is evaluate and explore during the pre-draft type of exploration pl- process of the individual. And then it is, how does that happen during the regular season? Again, we talk about self-confidence. We talk about the reason Justin was drafted where he was and how highly thought of after his rookie year. All those things go into the mix. But listen, because of so many individual interviews that he's been through in the pre-draft process, if he wasn't himself, if he changed his persona in front of different characters of different organizations, I think... It would have been exposed at that point. Yeah, guys do it all the time, though. You know, they get coached up or whatever. But but now that he's here, and just from your own experience in locker rooms, what what was your take on different types of players? Could you see through some some of that? Of course, yeah. you, you could see guys that were just happy to have a helmet. Then you can see guys that are happy to have a uniform, and they want to be part of making the whole organization better. And that's what I see out of Justin. His winning experience up into this stage of his life, he wants to carry that over into his pro life. So I have way higher expectations of Justin going forward. Even though I did at the beginning, he's raised that bar of what I expect from him and what his contributions need to be. Coming up next, David Montgomery joins the program. This is Bears All Access with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, and this is Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access. It's brought to you by IGS Energy here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. And choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, welcoming in our third-year running back, David Montgomery, to Bears All Access. David, thanks for taking the time. How you doing, buddy? Uh, Getting ready for the finale here. It's got to feel bittersweet. Yeah, I'm definitely getting ready, but it definitely is bittersweet at the same time, knowing that the season is coming to the end. Um, knowing that I had high hopes for us. Yeah, you know, the, the high hopes in, included, uh, you know, not only personal, but team. And, you know, the way the thing has gone this season, there's always been some start and stop of some sort, yourself included with an injury and, and just the news of today that Justin Fields is in the, in the COVID protocol. So an opportunity for him to leave one more, more last mark. But you guys have really pulled together as a team and, and really given your all here in the last – a few weeks and and have played some good football, uh, win or lose. Uh, yeah, this is just really go back to us sticking together and you know knowing that we got to finish this thing out. Uh, and you know it, it shows the kind of character that we have with those with the guys on this team. Hey, David, I was reading a headline from a game. I think it was after the Arizona game, and it says Montgomery sets the tone with ugly, angry runs. David, I think that's the highest compliment a running back can get paid when you talk about what's expected you and how physical that you do play. Do you do you dis- do you consider that description a compliment to you? Uh, definitely. Um, you know, I I, I want to kind of not kind of, but I definitely want to um, follow the same footsteps that Walter Payton has. Um, and just kind of, you know, run angry and having that uh, will to not go down and will to not quit mentality um, that the Chicago Bears carry itself. So um, I try to think about that every opportunity I get out there to 
to kind of run a ball. You know, it's kind of funny you bring up Walter's name because I was thinking about you and, and Walter. During, in Walter's last game, he threw his last touchdown pass, in his last touchdown run into the stands. And then I saw a highlight of you handing a ball off to someone in the stands. Is that just anonymously pick? Because you're probably making the greatest day that person will ever have in their sports history. Did you do it? Did you recognize someone? Or were you just, man, this is Dave Montgomery, and I'm complimenting a fan in the stands? Uh, the first in Arizona, um, the first one that I actually scored one, I gave it to a random fan just because, you know, they pay harder and wanted to come see us play and, and perform. And, um, you know, I try to make somebody's day every chance I get. The second one that um, they said wasn't a touchdown, but it really was. Um, <laughs> I gave it to my mom. Um, I had never gave one to my mom, and I seen my mom uh, where she was, and I was able to jump up there and give her the ball, which is what I wanted to do uh, my whole life. So it was good to be able to fulfill that dream. And and how did she respond to that? What did she say to you? And, and was that a, a special moment for her? Definitely a special moment. Um, she cried after just because she understood how hard I work and how hard I work to get to this point. And you know how hard I'm going to continue to work. Um, and for you know her to see her son actually doing it was um, pretty good for her to see. So um, she she was just um, at all and understanding that she was happy that it was able to happen. David Montgomery, our guest here on Bears All Access with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak. Uh, one of the byproducts of uh, a team that really respects its running back and, and its uh, diehard type of mentality that you have, uh, you do not go down easy, you never have gone down easy, is that they're starting to, and, and have done you know, more often than not, when you're drawing attention, three or four guys trying to bring you down, they're coming in to push the pile. Because they're respecting you continuing to drive your legs and making that extra effort. Have you noticed that? And is that uh, a sign of respect? Uh, definitely have noticed it. Um, I think it's a sign of respect to, for me, but, you know, that we have for each other as well. Um, of course, the season looks like how it looks, and it, and it is what it is. But we all know that, you know, we were, we don't fight for each other regardless of, you know, where we at in the season. And, and I appreciate those guys for you know, seeing how hard I try to go and they, and they want to match or even go over that. And, and it's a blessing to be a part of somebody or be a part of a team who sees that. You know, David, uh, another thing I was watching is you mic'd up in one of the games. Um, and throughout the whole course of my career, I always wish that I was mic'd up one game so I could have that track just to think about, listen back to, and listen to me being me at that por uh, that part. Do you listen back to any of the, your mic'd up segments? And is that the Dave Montgomery? Because Jeff and I are more exposed to you from practice. We see you all the time. You know, you don't really know who we are. But we get a little bit more exposure into Dave Montgomery when you're mic'd up. Is, is, that, is that you? And, and do you enjoy that? Um, it definitely, I, each time I've been mic'd up, I've like definitely forgot that I was mic'd up. Um, but each time like it happens, um, it kind of, it's a surreal moment to understand that um, this is the, the raw, uncut, genuine David Montgomery that people um, and um, being able to show that, showcase that um, without trying to, um, is definitely good. Because most people or most fans say like that, 
they don't know much about me. They always know that I'm serious. Yeah, I'm pretty serious, but at the same time, I have fun. And, you know, I understand what needs to be done. Um, and I, I'm just a hard worker. I want to come to work um, every day and try to help as much as I can uh, so I can be a bear for the rest of my career. You know, David, I feel like I have to ask an Iowa State question before Jeff does. <laughs> but, you know, when, when we get introduced to Dave Montgomery from Iowa State, and then we kind of pay attention to those college teams, and we see a lineage of great running backs that come out of Iowa State, is is it the program that brings the Iowa the running back to Iowa State, or is there a really good recruiter that identifies quality talent that brings you guys in one after another? Well, I definitely think it's a little bit of both. Um, definitely a little bit of both. Understanding, uh, you know, there's somebody there who's always willing to. Because I wasn't highly recruited coming out, and most of the guys who go to Iowa State weren't highly recruited. Um, and you know, they come in with chips on their shoulders, um, just like Brees. Um, he's a great talent coming out this year. I think he'll be the first back taken. Um, but you know, you got that chip and that edge on your shoulder. You know that you want to prove everybody wrong and. You know, I kind of, that's what I lived in and I, and I still live with this moment right now, understanding I know my capabilities and what I can be for, you know, Chicago Bears. And I understand what I can be. I haven't even scratched the surface of what I can be, but I, I will be that by the time I'm done playing ball. And I'm excited to understand that I, I, I get to do that for, you know, the organization and for myself as well. David Montgomery here with Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, another one of those running backs, Kane Wanwu from uh, the Minnesota Vikings, who burst on the scene as a kick returner of note here this season. The Bears and Vikings coming up Sunday at Soldier Field. We'll have the pregame at 9, kickoff at noon on News Radio 105.9 WBBM. Uh, David, this is something you and I talked about, but you know, going back to your high school days uh, and – It'll be a part of a feature you'll see on Bears Game Day Live on Sunday morning at ten thirty. Is that you're you were um, you were basically Justin Fields in high school, uh, running that read option to a, a spectacular version uh, and and throwing the football. You know, this week on the Bears Coaches Show, I, I alluded to you that Bill Lazor says you have the best arm on the team, uh, regardless <laughs> of who. And he's insistent upon that. And I could see why, because uh, your accuracy, the few times I see you through it, but the ability, the ma- magician that was David Montgomery to get out of trouble when seemingly you were penned in five or six guys ready to attack you. I know it's high school, but that's hard to do no matter what level of football. Um, you were really something. You were really something in high school. And it, it, I could see why you are who you are, but I don't see why you weren't recruited very highly. I just don't get it. Uh, Yeah. Um, First, I would like to say um, I can never – Justin's just – he's a different kind of beast, so I wouldn't even – you know, I think I was pretty good, but Justin, I wouldn't say I'm anywhere near what he was in high school. Um, But, um, yeah, in, in high school when I was playing quarterback, it was definitely fun. And it's pretty ironic you asked that because on Sunday, last Sunday, I wasn't able to showcase how good of a quarterback I was with throwing that. <laughs> uh, I, I knew that that's the role that my, my coach needed me to be was the quarterback. Um, I had the leadership, uh, you know, attributes, I guess you could say, the characteristics. And I kind of just ran with it and I played with it confidently. And I just was able to go out there and just kind of be me and have fun doing it. Well, you certainly show that you have fun playing this game. We'll continue our conversation with David Montgomery after a quick break here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score.
Welcome back to Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, this segment brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, and Bears running back David Montgomery. You know, David, it seems like after every game, I always ask Matt Nagy about the amount of carries that you got in the running back as a whole. But carries or catches, what does David Montgomery want more as your career goes on? Because, you know, David, I think that you have the ability to be a wide receiver from the line of scrimmage and be number one in the progression of the read. But I also love running back. So what does David Montgomery want out of his future? Uh, really to be available, you know, as much as I can and as best as I can for um, my teammates or and be reliable. And while I'm here in Chicago, hopefully, hopefully it's for my entire career. I, I want to be able to grow into that, you know, that person who, you know, just reliable and get the job done. When you look at the atmosphere this upcoming Sunday in Minnesota, it, does that does the 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 atmosphere, the warmth, the the stadium itself? Does that open up your body more? Because you know when we talk about in the off season, you spent learning how to be uh, be a better runner. Does this type of atmosphere this late in the season help you be that? Uh, definitely. Um, even coming into this season, that's kind of how I try to view myself. Just kind of trying to work my the corresponding of the off season work to put it in to transition for the season. I try to just do that throughout the whole year. Um, and, you know, so I kind of look at it like every game is going in and being the best thing I can be, trusting myself, being confident in every run and every pass that I get. David Montgomery, our guest here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. Before the Cleveland game, we sat down, we did a long-form feature on you, and uh, I, I wrote as the intro, I said, uh, 250 miles south of Cleveland, started molding himself into the young man he is today. Nothing easy about growing up just outside of Cincy, but callous to meet the rigorous demands tied to achieving greatness. An emerging leader and a go-to talent, Montgomery fills his role with a seriousness save for old-school NFL running backs, an uncommon relentlessness. Did I capture the essence of you? Oh, I think you did a pretty good job. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you did a pretty good job. You know, you did a great job. What would you add? Um, selfless, really don't want the attention, but want to be the best person he can be every day and help everybody else around him. But let me ask you this. How do you balance being a leader? Because with leadership comes opportunities like this to, to visit and for people to hear you and your voice to be heard with not wanting the spotlight. That's an interesting dynamic there, isn't it? Uh, Definitely. But you know, every great leader, you know, I had to learn how to follow first. And, you know, even with the opportunities for me to lead now, I still know when to follow now. So um, I'm I'm just, you know, taking it one day at a time and just trying to grow into the leader and the person that everyone needs me to be. Well, what's, uh, what do you have, when you look at a season and you look at it behind you, what is your off season going to be like? Are, are you still concentrating on a running program or – or do you think of different uh, values that you can contribute to yourself by what you do in the off season? Yeah, this season will be a lot similar, but I'll be implementing a lot more uh, different things as far as like strengthening and living stuff like that for like injury prevention kind of things, so that I can, you know, be stronger uh, in other places, so that I can go through a whole entire season. You know, it was unfortunate that I missed those four games and being absent of my team. Um, 
And I, I I don't ever want that to happen again through my career. So I just need to figure out different ways I can just stay healthy and strength in different areas of my body. You know, when you look at a guy like uh, you said, you're not comparable to Justin from your quarterback background to what he's been able to show you in the time you've been together. What is this offense? Is this a more movable offense? Is this is a point of attack offense or is this a, you know, a wide open offense with a guy like Justin and the other examples of quarterback play you've seen around the league of with the players of his type of traits? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, Justin's special, like I said before. Um, you know, just having him, he can do he can do a whole lot of things. And, you know, he's a rookie. Um, so, you know, rookie has a rookie uh, moments. But um, I think next year um, with us coming back, um, he'll be a completely different person. And, you know, he'll help us vastly and be the leader, you know, that we uh, need. It's going to be fun. David Montgomery, our guest, our final moments. David, you know... Justin's been so successful his entire life that uh, I, I I saw something about his competitiveness and how he does not like losing. Have you in any way helped pick him up because of the losing that uh, young men experience on teams sometimes? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, understanding that um, there's seasons in your life um, and God places different moments and um, situations in your life that you just got to learn how to handle and you know, you go through it and you learn from it, but um, you just grow. You just continue to get better and understand that, um, you know, you, you want to be the winner. You got to have that winner mentality, but you also got to, there's just rare cases where you got to handle losing. And unfortunately, we had to handle that a lot more than winning this year. It was new and it was different for all of us. Um, but, you know, I'll just continue to let him know that um, we need you. We're going to need you um, for this for this franchise and for this organization. And, you, you got to lead, and, and he took charge that. He's coming here every day with a great uh, mentality and a great attitude and, and had a smile on his face. Who, who motivates who? Because, you know, you're obviously a self-motivated guy, else you wouldn't be able to experience what you do. And Justin seems like from the first day we were we saw him in OTAs and stuff, he's a super motivated guy. And, you know, that's the type of energy a football team needs. And Who's picking up who here? Are you picking up Justin, or is he starting to pick you up a little bit? Yeah, it definitely goes both ways. Um, he picks me up, and I pick him up. So it's a two-way street, and him being able to be so young and doing it is definitely special. Well, So I'm, I'm excited to see what he's become, and I'm excited to be able to you know, be here and go through with him. All right, David, we'll wrap it up with a couple of quick hitters. Uh, whatever comes to your mind, and we'll say goodbye. You got uh, some work to do here today. All right. Um, biggest pet peeve, what would it be? Um, when people leave the toilet seat up. <laughs> guilty pleasure. Do you have a guilty pleasure? Um, I do not. I don't. I don't think I do. Uh, a prized possession. Um, prized possession. My first touchdown football that I got here when I was, uh, I scored in Denver. Do you remember the play? Yes. Tell me about it. <laughs> It was, uh, I jumped over the pal. Um, I probably, they said I didn't score, but I definitely did score. <laughs> um, first regular season um, game, uh, it was like an inside zone play. I didn't have anywhere to go, but I'm thinking, like, I cannot not score. So I, I jumped over the pal and happened to get in. So it was pretty. It was a pretty uh, great moment to have. Walter Payton-esque diving over the top. Have you ever had a starstruck moment in your life? In my life? Uh... 
I, yeah, I, I guess you could say a couple uh, weeks ago when we played Seattle and, and I was able to go against Bobby Wagner. Uh, just growing up, watching him play and being able to play against him was pretty cool. And then lastly, uh, give me one bucket list item. Uh, one bucket list item to to play with the Bears my entire career. Awesome. That is a great way to end this interview. We yeah. hope that comes true, my friend. I know you're going to do everything in your power to make it happen. Appreciate all the time, David. Very, very happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. David, Thank you, David Montgomery, our guest here on Bears All Access. Coming up, Tom and I visit with Vikings analyst Greg Coleman as the Bears get ready to meet the Vikings Sunday in Minnesota. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This portion of Bears All Access is brought to you by CDW. People to get it, learn more at CDW.com. Jeff Joniak along with Tom Thayer here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We got a special guest this week. Usually we talk to our guy because he's from Chicago, Greg. Uh, Pete Bursich is on all the time. We shoved him to the background because uh, it's a proper goodbye to a veteran voice of the Minnesota Vikings, uh, not only as a player, but as a longtime broadcaster and sideline reporter, Greg Coleman. Thanks for joining us, Greg. Uh, these are the final final minutes and days of your football life, at least with the Minnesota Vikings. How is that, um, how's that coming along for you? Because when the end comes, we, we are so addicted to this game, no matter if you played it or you talked about it, that it's hard to say goodbye. Jeff, you know, there's nothing like the National Football League. And obviously, there'll be aspects of it uh, that I'll miss, uh, the same as when I was a player. Uh, but this one is a little bit different because, you know, the the journey of a broadcaster lasted a heck of a lot longer than a player. But also, in life, there's a lot more journey behind me than it is ahead of me. So I want to make sure that that we do some of the things that uh, that we want to accomplish, that the good Lord has called us to do. Uh, there will still be a voice that will be heard, but just in a different arena. But there is nothing like the National Football League. And as, as you mentioned, counting down the last days and moments, I don't know what they're going to be like. I'm sure they'll be filled with uh, emotion, elation, and sadness in some aspects, but also um, some joy in excitement looking at the next chapter of our lives just the transformation of the minnesota vikings in the time you've been there to where they were when you got there and to where they're at right now when you see the difference in the stadiums the difference in the crowd support the different types of head coaches that this team went through are they stronger now when we're at this end of the vikings or do they have a stronger reputation when you came aboard the minnesota vikings Tom, that's a great that's a great question, and and I'll put it in this perspective. In terms of success on the field, uh, I think there were some amazing runs with the earlier days with the Purple People Leaders. I got to to play with some of those guys uh, at the beginning of my career in Minnesota, talking about the Tarkingtons, the Marshalls, and Ellers, and uh, Rashads, and Tinglehoffs, and all of those great legendary players. Um, but in terms of facilities. Man, when I got to Minnesota, we had one universal gym. And I said, man, is this the National Football League? My high school has more stuff than this. But as you tend to migrate over the years and in, in with the Metrodome, then U.S. Bank Stadium, uh, the TCO training facility, in terms of facilities and, and technology and all of those things, it is second to none. But, but I will say this, and this is one of the things that really made me pause 
and look at time. I have been associated and had a relationship with every head coach of the Minnesota Vikings with the exception of Norm Van Brocklin. And that that kind of put it in perspective for me. And you're talking Bud Grant, Jerry Burns, Les Steckel, Denny Green, uh, Brad Childress, Mike Tice, Leslie Frazier, uh, you know, and Mike Zimmer. And it's 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 just been a blessing to see the evolution of the organization, the things that they have stood for in the community. Uh, when Denny Green came on and started to uh, put in Community Tuesday, uh, that was something that the organization had not done. And that meant that every player and coach would get out into this community and give back uh, something in the place where they call home, uh, even if it was not their permanent home. But I've seen so many amazing things. And I've seen this uh, the Will family uh, just really take the reins of this organization and take it to a whole nother level. 32 years as part of the broadcast crew, 21 as a sideline reporter, a punter from 1978 to 1987, but that's putting you in the box because you were a heck of an athlete who could throw the football as well and uh, drop that coffin corner punt. But when you think about it, you've been touched by royalty in National Football League terms because you were drafted by Paul Brown and then you, and you played for that blue-eyed wonder, Bud Grant. I mean, and a lot in between that you saw. So uh, we don't have enough time to tackle your journey, but what was that like to deal with those two gentlemen first and foremost? Well, uh, obviously with uh, in Cincinnati, things didn't work out the way that I wanted. I made a mistake of running 40, and I was just coming off a of track season. So I, ran, I clipped out of 4-4 and outran everybody with the exception of maybe uh, Isaac Curtis and Archie Griffin because we were drafted <laughs> in that 76 class. So Paul, Paul Brown sees this, and he says, hey, man, we got to try you at wide receiver. I said, man, I'd never played wide receiver. Well, go over there with Chip Myers and let Kenny Anderson throw the ball to you. Isaac Curtis, teach him how to do a fly rod. You know, so that didn't work. And then they switched me to defensive back. And, you know, Ken Riley, the Rattler, who I happened to drive up to training camp with because he was from Jacksonville at that time. And uh, he said, teach him how to how to backpedal. That didn't work. And after all of those things, I still had to compete with the other punters and kickers. Long story short, didn't work. Got a shot uh, with the Cleveland Browns the following year. Had a fairly decent year. Uh, but Al, uh, Art Modell goes back into draft and drafts another punter by the name of Johnny Evans out of North Carolina State. But the previous year, he drafted Tom Scaladini out of Ohio State. He didn't want to punt in Cleveland. Forrest Brown said, Forrest Gregg, who was a coach at Cleveland, said, hey, can you handle this? I said, coach, all I need is an opportunity. So I punted for the Cleveland Browns uh, in 77. Forrest gets fired. Sam Ritigliano comes in. I said, Sam, please let me go. I know how this thing goes. Uh, let me try out with somebody else. He said, no, the best guy is going to get the job. Leading the entire league that preseason, the Friday before the first game, I get cut. I say, Sam, I told you. Okay? So I tried out, uh, Jeff, with four or five other different teams. Never got a shot. I watch it a game. We're still living in Cleveland, my ninth floor apartment window. I go to my ninth floor apartment window after watching the game between the Rams and the Vikings. And I opened the window and I'm screaming at God. I said, you lied to me. You said that if I would pray and I would do the things that you would give me the desires of my heart. Where are you? I said, I want to play football. And I want to play football so bad that I'll even play for the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> and I closed the window and I got a call from the Minnesota Vikings. And I spent the next 10 years as a punter. 
unbelievable story. So, let Greg, let's speed up to modern-day Minnesota Vikings football. Because I look at the team and I see talent, you know, at every level. Who's the MVP of the Minnesota Vikings going into the last regular season game? Oh, man. That's uh, that's a tricky question because Bud always talks about being durable. If you durability is the most important trait of a football of a football player. And if you're not durable, I can't count on you. I can't depend on you. And this year, for the most part, uh, I would say Dalvin Cook for the most part. But I, I have to lean toward Justin Jefferson because he has not missed a game. He's been ready. He's been prepared. Um, fortunately, you have to depend on a quarterback to get that receiver the ball. But I would think that Dalvin Cook is a straw that stirs the offensive drink for the Minnesota Vikings. We've missed him because of injury a few games. Also, he got bit by the COVID bug. But, uh, man, the disappointing part of it is that there's so much talent on this football team and you create habits when you don't win early on those close games. There are 14 games that have 13 games that have been decided in the last play or the last quarter of the of, of the game. And you either develop habits of winning those close games or you develop a habit of losing them. Unfortunately, they've migrated to the latter, which is unfortunate. You know, Greg, you bring up the word COVID because, I mean, there's a thousand conversations we could have. I don't think you and I ever came from an era that we left football with enough money for generations to come like the quarterback position can. So you have a quarterback that's not vaccinated. Now he can dictate the fate of the money other guys can make if they don't make the playoffs, if they make their bonuses, all the complications that involve. So going to Green Bay last week and knowing that your quarterback, one one of your team MVPs, is not going to be there. How did that resonate in the locker room? And, you know, how did you feel about it? Personally, I think it's been an issue all year uh, because at the beginning of the season, Mike Zimmer talked about that. He addressed it. Uh, the team talked about it. He's respecting the rights of players, but also looking at the overall picture of team. And this is exactly what he did not want to happen coming down the stretch that some of his key players would get bit by the COVID book. Harrison Smith, unvaccinated, got bit by in Baltimore, we lost that game. Dalvin Cook, uh, we got bit by in the Rams game. We lost that. Obviously, what happened last week in Green Bay, bit again. So those are three Pro Bowl players, three leaders on your football team, chose not to get vaccinated, got bit by it, but cost the team. I think it's unfortunate because, Jeff, as you, Tom, as you know, there was a different level of belief. There was a different level of trust with the men that you played at. Because you depended on each and every one of those guys to do whatever it took that was for the best of the team. And to, to, to have guys, for whatever reason, they believe that they have the right. Uh, I look at it as, as a selfish piece. Because if, if, if you're so concerned about the COVID vaccine, then why do you take aspirin when you have a headache? Why do you get a flu shot during the winter? Because those things are, 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 are done to protect you. Granted, it's been politicized like never before. So a lot of it got caught up in politics, uh, personal beliefs, and all of those other things. But ultimately, it cost a lot of teams a lot of games. Greg Coleman, our guest here on Bears All Access with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Where is the meaning in this last regular season game from a Minnesota perspective? Obviously, winds of change are are flying through the air everywhere in a lot of NFL cities. 
uh, including Minnesota. I asked Mike Zimmer that question post-game, and he said, these men are professionals. And I understood. I didn't want to dig too much deeper than that. This is a profession that if you don't win, not not play because but would always say, Greg, I can get a, a, anybody to come off the street, put on a purple jersey and a helmet with horns on it. But we're in a sports entertainment business and we're paid to win games. And when you don't win, changes are made. Unfortunately, that's the nature of the beast. And these guys are playing for their future. They're playing for their lives. Uh, coaches are coaching for their lives. But there will be changes with players, with coaches, with staff. That's just the nature of the beast. It's unfortunate. Um, I'm not sure what the Wilfs are going to be, uh, you know, thinking about after this game, after this season. But obviously, there's been a lot of conversation about changes being made in Minnesota. Greg, because of all your experience in the punting game, I, I don't want to let you retire without asking you this question. <laughs> the way the punting game has changed in terms I of... I hate games, it. I hate it. All right. I, you know, okay. Jeff, brought, Jeff brought up the phrase coffin corner, and that was some of the most exciting punts that I've seen growing up as an NFL fan. Now they have the rugby-style version. Um, so I guess you gave me the answer that I was anticipating well, Jeff here it is uh, uh, Tom here, here, let me lay it out for you putters are paid according to averages if you go to the corner simple plain and simple you sacrifice average so I, I, I don't fault the Aussie rule punters because Darren Bennett bought it in from San Diego many many years ago it affords a guy just to put a backward spin on it just like hitting a you know a crisp uh, pitching wedge with a little backspin on it and hope that you get the nose down first to get the backwards rotation. And that's why a lot of kids have gone to that. It really is a lost art of going to the corners, getting that nose over, pointing it down. I used to call it a pass off of your foot to the left corner or to the right corner. Had a special teams coach at Florida a by the name of Pop Kittles. In practice one day down at FAMU, just thumping him down the middle. He said, well, baby, why are you kicking it right to him? I said, well, hell, Pop, that's where he's standing. He said, well, baby. <laughs> Don't make it easy on him. Make him earn his supper. Kick it to the right. Kick it to the left. And if you do it on a consistent basis, I guarantee you, they'll find a place for you at the national at, in the National Football League. And I was stupid enough to believe him. So that was my forte. Kicking it to the right and kicking it to the left. Outstanding story. Uh, so why didn't a lot more punters make Devin Hester earn his supper? Because uh, they kicked it right to him a lot. And he and, and I want to know what your Hall of Fame <laughs> thoughts are on uh, the revolutionary impact he made on the game and how teams then built their special teams units to try and stop him from doing what he did. And they still couldn't do it. You know what? I wouldn't have needed a team. All I would need was a center on my punt team. Everybody else could have sat down. Because I am not putting the ball in the field of play against Devin Hester. Okay, you got to remember, I came up during the days of Billy White, Chiefs Johnson, in, in, in some of the great return men. And if you could catch it out of bounds and run with it, that's what you were going to do. I never would have kicked the ball to him. No way, shape, or form. But this man deserves to be in that final group uh, in, in Canton. He changed the game. Uh, you also had another young man there who, whose career is not over, uh, Cordero Patterson. An amazing kickoff return. Didn't return punts, but... Uh, I wouldn't have kicked it to him as well. I would have kicked it out of bounds and taken my chances on the 35 because those game-changing plays, they make all the difference in the world. They can flip the field and change momentum in a New York minute. 
Greg Coleman, our guest. Going to wrap things up here, Greg. Appreciate it. A uh, lot on your resume, and good luck in retirement. I know you're going to do some uh, public speaking. You've done that uh, in your past as well with a professional speaking business and uh, do some work, but uh, the traditionally black college universities where you came from, obviously, and uh, a member of the 25th and 40th anniversary teams of the Minnesota Vikings and a long-established prominent career in broadcasting as well. You've done a heck of a lot. So congratulations. Jeff, thank you so much. Job thank well you, done. Tom. You Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. That's great. Coleman, Tom, and I continue our conversation on Bears-Vikings after this break on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Download the Chicago Bears app to play our new predictor game, Risk It, brought to you by Bet Rivers for your chance to win $250 in free bets and a custom Bears jersey. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, great conversation with David Montgomery, one of the future pieces. At least he hopes. I love what he said at the end, man. He wants to be a Bear. He really is. And as long as I've uh, talked to him as a Bear, he's always brought up Walter. And that must that must warm your heart as an ex-Bear and a good friend of, of the late Walter Payton. I think of a list of running backs that we've been around with the Bears, the dearly departed Gale Sayers, Walter Payton, Neil Anderson, Thomas Jones. Matt top Forte. Quality. Matt, yes, Matt Forte. Um, but that whole list of guys that are three down backs are dedicated professionals that can carry that can carry, uh, you know, 200 times plus have all the receptions during the course of the year. All those types of benchmarks, David Montgomery is right there with any of them. Heard from Sean Desai today, talked about a lot of things, about the flexibility of the defense, what he's learned over the course of the season, about being flexible and just playing to win every week. It's been good of late. Eddie Jackson in particular, he got a lot of praise from the Bears defensive coordinator today. Uh, I think it's been awesome. I think, like you said, you know, he's made a conscious effort at it, and uh, it's shown up in a positive way. Uh, his play speed, I think, is palpable uh, on the tape over the last, whatever, six or seven weeks, you know, since he's been back, which is a credit to him, you know, the consistency at the effort at which he's running to the ball. And we've seen it. He seems reinvigorated, and at the outset of that, obviously talking, he was asked about his tackling, which has improved. He'd be flying around right now. Yeah, you know, the Bears have done a nice job, including Sean Desai and Eddie Jackson, uh, putting themselves in a position to succeed against the quarterbacks they're playing against and the conditions they're playing in. In Seattle a couple weeks ago, Seattle was trying to run the ball, so Eddie Jackson played at or near the line of scrimmage. You knew what you were getting with Mike Glennon and the New York Giants, and Eddie Jackson played a lot of, about that linebacker depth. But he did it physically, he did it immediate, and he was still able to get back in his pass coverage lanes when he had those responsibilities. Certainly three weeks ago, Sean decided to put together a great game plan against the Vikings and not prevail, but they did shut him down. They they got nothing in the passing game, and they held uh, Dalvin Cook in check. And that was without any starter on the defensive secondary, including Jalen Johnson, who gets a, a second crack of Justin Jefferson, who was held on 10 targets to just four catches against the Bears. He did score a touchdown. I mean, I feel like for us it's really impressive um, just to keep getting better throughout the year. I mean, that was a goal that we wanted to set. Um, and just really being able to find a game where we put four complete quarters together, and I thought that's what we did this past weekend. So, I mean, just being able to continue to prepare the right way um, and just keep attacking every opportunity that we have. Um, I mean, we don't have too many left this season, so just enjoying the moment um, with the guys. And, I mean, just really staying in the moment.
He, he did a lot of work on Jefferson, like he did on Devontae before the season. He knew, you, you know, as it turns out, the Bears have faced a lot of the top receivers in the league. I think the top five receivers in the league, they've played seven times when you consider Jefferson and Devontae Adams twice, and they faced top running backs, some of the top quarterbacks, almost all the top quarterbacks, including Aaron Rodgers in terms of passing yards anyway. So he's faced a lot already. Well, I'm interested to see how J- Jalen Johnson reacts to the competition on Sunday. It'll be interesting to see how he, if he follows around Jefferson. But I'm also interested to see Thomas Graham again because that's when he burst out of the scene. Unbeknownst to us, getting an opportunity to play, he really had a game that everybody else in the national media talked about all week. But now Jalen Johnson, if you're going to be the number one for us going forward, if you're going to be the reason the Bears' defensive backfield is so solid next year, it begins with you, young man. So... Hey, man, I, I'm interested to wait on how you finish up the last game of the regular season because you are on a major stage and a major fast track against one of the best receivers in the National Football League the last two years. Limited catch rate allowed this year by Jalen Johnson. Had the pick against Cincinnati. I know he wants more hands on the football. Quickly, just three things you want to see, you have to see on Sunday against the Vikings uh, in the finale. Uh, number one, Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet getting some positive touches. Number two, Jalen Johnson and Travis Gibson making some big plays when they're given the opportunity to accord the defense called. Number three, Tevin Jenkins, Larry Borm. I want to see if they're our future. Well said. We will talk to you on the radio on Sunday, 9 a.m. pregame noon kickoff on WBBM. Enjoy the rest of uh, your evening. And, uh, yeah, it'll be sad to see the season put to bed. But we'll, uh, we'll have a lot to look forward to in 2022. Go Bears. And for Tom Thayer, David Montgomery, and Greg Coleman, I'm Jeff Joniak. Thanks, everybody, for helping out tonight, all our producers, and thank you for listening. This has been Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Good night, everybody.